On this first Sunday of Lent, we see in the book of Deuteronomy that the patriarch Moses helps the people of God to remember with gratitude, to gratefully remember the past in order to have courage in the present and hope for the future. He goes back in history and says, When the Egyptians oppressed us, we cried to the Lord, and He heard our cry, He saw our affliction. He brought us out of Egypt with His strong hand. It is a grateful memory of the past in an attitude of praise that shapes and strengthens our faith, giving us the boldness to take on the present with love and to have a solid hope for the future. Actually, we who are in Christ already know the end from the very beginning. We already know how things will ultimately end with the victory of Christ with the victory of the risen one who passed through the cross. To get through this Lent, these 40 days of retreat that is Lent, we are grounded and reinforced in faith, hope, and love. A memory of faith in the past, the courage of love in the present, and the assurance of hope for the future. In the gospel, Jesus goes into the desert to overcome the enemy. And the very first thing we read in today's gospel is that Jesus is driven into the desert by the Holy Spirit, with whom he is filled. So, there's a clash, a combat between the Holy Spirit of God and the unholy spirit of this world. Actually, Jesus, the Son of God Himself, took on our human flesh because the body is holy. The body is destined for glory. So, He is going to the desert to fight not against the body, but for the body. He is fighting for us on our behalf. As we walk across the desert of life, the tempter, the spirit of the world, wants to drain grace from within us, trying to put us under the rule, under the spell of other spirits which are not holy, which want to trap us and to lock us up in the anxieties and concerns of this world. Jesus then goes onto the battlefield in our place and is tempted in the three most basic temptations that we face every day, we can say the temptations of power, possession, and pleasure. All this, away from the ultimate reference to God, becomes disorder, becomes corruption and destruction. Pleasure, away from the reference to God, any position of power and anything we may possess, away from the ultimate reference to God, is a path towards destruction, to ruin. And our Lord wins over evil by setting out a path of poverty, of emptying, of simplicity, of freedom for us. Our Lord defeats Satan by proposing a path of poverty. And furthermore, 
Jesus overcomes evil through his obedience, which is the core of his being. His obedience to the Father, to the word of the Father, and also through chastity, through temperance. Jesus is setting us free from those temptations that can create slavery in our human heart. Because deep down, the journey in the desert, as God's people wandering 40 years in the desert, this journey is a journey of inner freedom, a journey of liberation, of deliverance, for us to be unbound. And it turns out that in life, temptations inevitably arise. For a very simple reason, everything is likely to be tested. And this is the real turning point here. The moment of temptation can turn out to be the moment when you find out whether things in you are true or not. This checking out of our conversion process happens at the moment of temptation. This is the moment when things get true in us. We understand who we really are in these threshold moments, which bring out that which we're made of. On a side note, uh, I remember that Viktor Frankl, an Austrian neurologist, a World War II Holocaust survivor, from his own experience, he who, who was a survivor from the concentration camps during the, the Second World War, he said, Everything can be taken away from a person, but one thing. The last of the human freedoms to choose our attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose our own way. End of quote. We can say that at the end of the day, we always choose based on what we have inside. So the Lord Jesus goes into the desert and arrives at a limit. He ate nothing during 40 years, and when those days were over, he was hungry, of course. He gets to the, the edge of hunger, the limit of unsustainability, of unbearability, of unaffordability, so to speak. It's more than normal that we simply get hungry. So, how am I going to fix this, to satiate this need? The easy answer is, I'm hungry, ergo, I'll eat. But the thing here is subtle, it is more layered, you know? The temptation incited by, by Satan is to expect things to behave according to my appetite. It's to hope things to be dictated by my taste. Am I hungry? So even the stones must submit to my appetite. The stones have to submit to my taste. Things need to bend to my liking, to my taste immediately. And the culture in which we, we live uh, constantly instills in us a sense of pride and immediacy. It's built on the assumption that we must always be satisfied. And woe to God if he doesn't do what I want here and now, you know? <laughs> we, maybe we don't verbalize that, but that's how we behave. Maybe that's how our spirituality works right now. Woe to God if he doesn't do what I want. But Jesus had just come from the Jordan. It's the beginning of the gospel. He came from the Jordan where he was baptized in the river. 
And there he heard the voice of the Father. You are my beloved Son. So the moment comes at the edge of the crisis and Jesus will clearly manifest his sonship. And Satan says, If you are the Son of God, demand, command, satisfy your every need. You know? But Jesus, as a, as a liturgical hymn says, Jesus makes not bread what God made a stone. Precisely because Jesus is the Son, He chooses to receive, to welcome everything from the loving and providential hands of the Father. And because we are sons and daughters of the Heavenly Father in Christ, when we are in extreme need, we don't need to settle. We can choose not to bend our hearts to banality because the Father has more and we trust in Him. The Father has more in store for us and our trust is in Him. Precisely because I am a child of God, in a threshold situation, I'm not going to jump from the parapet of the temple only to force God's hand, to get Him to move at my own pace, at my own speed. No. As a child of God, I'm free because I don't bend to the powers of this world. I'm free because I'm His. I belong to God. You shall worship the Lord your God, and Him alone shall you serve. Jesus spends 40 days in the desert to make it clear that He lives off of a higher life, that everything on this earth is insufficient, and life can only be truly meaningful if it is perceived and embraced as a journey to the Father, a journey fatherwards, so, so to speak, heavenwards. We are pulled through the amazing things of this world, but ultimately, there's nothing here that can thoroughly satisfy us. We love strongly, but we love the wrong thing so many times. And we see that the spirit of this world doesn't know how to give us what it promises. Actually, once we get the things we want, we get dissatisfied, for what we seek is not down here. I finish with this beautiful quote from C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity. He says, If I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. End of quote. This land, closely united to the body of Christ, led by the Spirit, let's run to the Father. Nobody else could ever satisfy us. Amen.